0: I'm excited for this episode. Mm. It's our first annual roundup, our, our roundup of 2020 and our Albums of the Year. How are you doing, Andy? All right. All right. I'm just,
1: uh, I'm raring to go. We've got our port poured. Hey, we should probably clink glasses virtually.
0: Have yes, you? we should. I've right. poured my port. Right, there clink. There you go. Clink. Cheers, mate. I'll Cheers. Do um, the mic. Yeah. Lovely. Have a little sip. Yeah, we have, we have got the, uh, the port is poured. We're feeling <sighs> quite quite giddy. Um and I'm really excited to get straight into these albums. Hey, um, before we do, can I start off with a slightly um, controversial opinion?
1: Oh, God, not one of these. Uh, okay, okay, we've had these before and it's gone terribly. But Yeah. Uh...
0: Um, well, just, uh, so I heard a Christmas song this afternoon, um, which I have never been a fan of. Right. Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen version. <laughs> is that because he goes... Say yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> when- he la- he has, he's got a laugh in it, hasn't he? He's he got a little laugh <laughs> yeah. in it.
1: But when he says Santa one of the times he's like say yeah 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 <laughs> <It's> and <laughs> to class It's awful. Um no, I don't think you can dislike that. Um Well will well, I do? Well, no, I just don't think that's valid. I'm just not a huge fan of it, It's alright. Um I keep uh, I keep hearing Robbie Williams' latest Christmas song and it makes me... Not nonsense. heard it. Oh, mate,
0: it, don't listen to it. It just makes you want to rip your ears off. There's only one Robbie Williams song I'm interested in and that's The Tiger That Came to Tea.
1: <laughs> I, I haven't heard that, actually.
0: I it, forgot he got good. it. Very good. Anyway, enough of this nonsense. All right. Right,
1: the way this is going to work then, we're going to run through... Our top five albums each that weren't part of the podcast.
0: Yeah, our top five albums that did not qualify yeah. to be featured on the podcast. Yeah, so
1: artists, we already know, stuff we were looking forward to,
0: stuff like that. Right, Chris, heads or tails? Um, I'm going to go tails.
1: It is...
0: It's heads. It's, heads, it's no. heads. Andy, you're first up.
1: Right then, I feel like this deserves some sort of 90s Top of the Pop style music. But uh, for me... right, I'm going to go straight in. I've written copious notes. I'm going to rattle them off and then have a quick chit-chat before we're moving on to you. Excellent. Ready? Let's do it. Number five of my unqualifying albums of the year, We Have Bright Eyes, Down in the Weeds, Where the World Once Was. I waited years for this album and was so excited to put it on and was met with a big dose of, uh, I think the kids say WTF, as the spoken word intro to Page Turner's rag kicks in and it sounds like you're in a club and then it seeds into this weird... Uh, chopped up soundscape and of course bright eyes would do this it's like the last bit of the queue to get onto a theme park ride where your your anticipation is at its peak and then you're in but you're not quite there and you're still really excited and then there's about eight seconds of tuning up and the musicians settle into their instruments and then dance and sing begins and so begins a sequence of track after track of everything i wanted to hear it's uh, it's Bright Eyes It doesn't pack a whole lot of surprises if you're already into Bright Eyes But it delivers more of what you want to hear It's new material, it sounds fresh It's a band that hit its stride instantly after a nine year break And when you think about it The combination of Conor O'Burst's songwriting And his perfectly imperfect delivery Nate Walcott's arrangements and Mike Moges' production Is always going to yield amazing results throw in incredible performances across the board and for me there was no way I couldn't include it in my top records of the year. The album is littered with references to previous albums which is something they always do that sort of builds up that Bright Eyes mythology and the feeling that we're all part of some awesome little Bright Eyes club and, and there are also the usual tricks like singing about cinematic endings at the end of stairwell song just as the string section swells and the song ends with the most cinematic ending of the whole record or on Persona Non Grata where he sings miserably about wearing a kilt and then there's a bagpipe solo. And then, and then uh, you know, Conor bursts sort of lyrical brilliance. Every line feels like a, an essential part of some work of literature and, and then you start sort of thinking and feeling more as every song progresses and it's just a very welcome and wonderful return and then there's another weird montage at the end and it's out and I just think it's one of the best records of the year and I've listened to it loads and I am thrilled that they've finally done something and I can't wait to see them on tour next year
0: no can't wait for that either. Mm. Fantastic. What did you
1: think of that record then? You've heard it. I
0: liked it. I liked it. I have not listened to it as much as I should have done. Um and that's maybe one of the reasons that it doesn't feature in my top 5. Oh. Um I need more time with it. But I do I do though. enjoy it and the opening is phenomenal. It's oh. a great opening track.
1: Really is. So that that's
0: That was a, a lovely little um Love a little chat about the album. A nice, little, <laughs> nice little run down. You told me you haven't made notes. You know? <laughs> I didn't <never> say that. <laughs>
1: I said that about a lot of previous episodes when it's been painfully true. I, I thought
0: we were just going to list them, I'm, I'm still with your <laughs> ma- mouth open while you're rattling off, rattling off the whole uh, synopsis of the album. Well, I wasn't sure how that was going
1: to go down, to be honest, it's a bit full on, maybe. But,
0: oh, it's great, it's great. Oh, right. right, should we get on to my yeah, number go. five album of it. the year? Okay, so what a crazy year 2020 has been. If anybody would have told me that I'd have this album in my top five <laughs> last year then I would have told you that the least of your problems was a pandemic. (laughs) So my number five album of the year is Folklore by Taylor Swift, which um, back in July, with just 12 hours notice, Taylor Swift drops an album on us. Not just any album, an album co-written and produced by Aaron Desner from The National, featuring amongst others, Justin Boniver Vernon, and what a record it is. Her opening remarks on the album is, uh, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shiz. Um, that's her opening lyrics. Not not quite the, the shiz word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, by Ever, Is She Doing Good. This is a fantastic album, weighing in a hefty 16 tracks. This shows off an artist doing things her own way and having a lot of fun with it in the process. Exile, the standout track on the album, has just been nominated as a track of the year at the Grammys and the first time ever that a album track has been nominated as track of the year. And I mean, come on just give them the grammy now as far as i'm concerned it's just such a fantastic song but the whole album as a whole it had so much sort of um uh, gravitas when it was released you know it's got all these interesting musicians on the whole process of how it came together it's so interesting the fact it was just dropped on us with a few hours notice with all the commotion of the whole album being released and who's involved you can easily get distracted away from the fact that this is a stunning album and vocally it's a stunning performance by Tay. isn't that short for potatoes yeah potato swift is what i call
1: it very nice yeah it is it is a stunning album and um the follow-up that's only just been released as well i I think that's kind of equally stunning i've been really impressed by that
0: i'm not sure about that yet are you not i'm not sure about that yet i do think it to me it feels i mean it's got some very cool songs on it Uh it does ever so slightly feel to me like it's a bit of the songs that didn't make the first album.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard that as well. But I'll be honest on first impressions, uh it 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 didn't do anything to dissuade me from how good it is. I was I was no. really like, oh this is good. And one of the things I really like about that, not not only the way she kind of drops these things now with 12 hours notice, which is is just it's like the new Radiohead. Yeah. But um it is the fact that she's dropped that far too late for it to be in contention for any kind of album of the year stuff it's just it's just it's almost under the media radar and it's 2021 is going to be gone before most people have had a chance to digest it and I don't know the confidence to do that and it's
0: it's someone yeah it's gutsy it's gutsy very gutsy
1: top of their game stuff right
0: we've had that one album each no (sighs) duplicates so far Right. Sweating a little bit now, four, <laughs> and that's and that's not because I'm drinking an out-of-date port. <laughs> How is it actually? Chris is it's drinking lovely. a port from
1: uh, 2001. Mine was one lovely. Was, uh, I got mine from the co-op the other day, so it ain't as old. But I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear. it.
0: Unless it's just been in stock room for a bit. No, oh, it could have been.
1: Could well have been. It's very tasty, though, isn't it? I
0: love it. Sit now. Mm. Mm. Lovely stuff. Right, Al- Andy, over <laughs> to
1: you. Album, over to you, Andy number four. Nice. Wow, it's really <laughs> taken effect, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah. So uh, this 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 is a potential duplicate, and my number four is Caspian on Circles. Now, I first heard uh, on Circles when I was scouting out potential albums for us to uh, to listen to on our weekly listening. But after hearing track one, Wild Blood, I couldn't stop myself from listening to the rest of it, uh, disqualifying the record from contention, which was a shame because not long after that, you suggested it, and I said, uh, "Sorry, mate, I've uh, heard that." Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, about two
0: weeks after, about two <laughs> it weeks after. Was, it was it.
1: only about two weeks after. I should have told you. Should have told, no, I didn't want to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It opens up like a post drop record of the kind we've heard before Mogwai. So oh, I Watch You From a Far, 65 Days of Static, that kind of thing. And delivers brilliantly for a couple of tracks before introducing acoustic guitars, and electro elements, and sax, and vocals. Uh, and it basically, uh, there are a couple of songs delivered with an almost American football style now American football one of the bands who released one of my albums last year uh, the eponymous American football but uh, there's even some prog style balladry with album closer on circles but at the heart this record is the winning formula of mountainous riffs and cavernous drums soaring crescendos and explosive passages clever grooves where the beat flips from time signature to time signature tricks are plenty always keeping you interested It's a record that refuses to paint itself into a corner. And on reflection, it's pretty hard to define. It's not just a post-rock record, but at root, it's an out-and-out rock record. And the track Collapse is hands down the standout adrenaline racing rock track of the year for me. And it is an epic adventure of a record. And I've loved it. Did that make your top five, Chris?
0: It did not make my top five. However, Mm. I have got five albums that were very, very close and were flirting with being in and out of the top five, (laughs) of which this was one. Uh I'll run you through the others at the end in case there is any other that I don't think there will be. Should we move on to my album number four? Let's do it. Okay, my um, album in fourth position of our Did Not Qualify. We don't have to keep saying that, do we? We know what what (laughs) we're doing. You're not Bruno
1: Brooks, mate. You don't need the hype.
0: (laughs) Okay, album number four. And um, I think it speaks volumes that two of the albums that I look back so fondly on from this year were both released as we entered the first lockdown here in the UK. Um, They were both albums that I played an awful lot over that time. And I think it does go to show that no matter how how bad times can get, um, music is always that sort of constant that's there for you it can really pull you through what can seem like the darkest of times so with that in mind my album number four which i played to death over um easter through to summer is england is a garden by corner shop this album when i first heard it felt like pulling on uh, an old comfy familiar jumper jumper that i hadn't worn since the 90s but nevertheless. A jumper that I did enjoy wearing again, and it fit as snug as I remembered the jumper. to. Fi- I'm going to leave the jumper thing. <laughs> um You get the idea. It's, it, it felt familiar. It felt snug. It felt lovely. Corner Shop teaming, um, teaming up on this record again, as they do with regular producer Alan Gregson, who's been an ever-present over the band's seven-year history. And as soon as the opener, St. Maria Under Cannon, kicks in, you know exactly what you're in for, and it's that classic Corner Shop sound. After a five-year break, Corner Shop were back, and they were better than ever. Nice.
1: Mm. Now you you turned me onto that album at the start of lockdown as well. Weren't keen though, were you? I wasn't. You know, it didn't it didn't grab me in the same. You know, I I dug out the same jumper from the nineties. It was it was <laughs> smelly, full of holes, mothballs and, and stuff in there. I should have should have sorted out some kind of better storage because it, it was full of moths. And uh, actually it wasn't that bad I just didn't take to it But uh, I I remember you getting very excited about it And I gave it a good go Um, Seven year history of Corner Shop
0: Seven album Did I say seven year You said seven year Thank you for pulling me up on that Seven albums.
1: Right, cool. I'll try and I'll try and transpose the word albums from your regular speech into the middle of that. I don't think I will. Well, we've we've addressed it now. It's all it's all sorted. All sorted. We've addressed it. We've we it. have I'm indeed. only
0: human, mate. I'm only human. I know and and your I'm... delivery
1: is so so impeccable normally
0: that I. I, L- should, I, I know. know. I know. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm half a glass of pork down. My tongue feels fizzy. I said the wrong word. Let's move on.
1: We've all got headaches. It's the end of, <laughs> end of the working year. God, we deserve Let-
0: this let's have your album number three album
1: number three you're right album number three is pro- possibly i'm not gonna say probably but it's possibly not one that you've listened to this is uh soul sepi i am as you are part one now soul seppi is someone i know i kind of referred to a few times it's uh the brainchild of sophie ah god i can never say a name long greek surname really beautiful surname when you see it written down i can't pronounce it Mick- you know,
0: everyone's going to think that's her last name because every time you refer to it, you do say that whole oh spiel. God, that's,
1: that's terrible, isn't it? It's really embarrassing. I should just practice in front of a mirror for a while, but I haven't even got it written down in my notes, so Sophie has, <laughs> has done this. Anyway, this is a record I was excited to hear as it's an artist I love, and Sol Seppi's album of 2006, The Bells of One Two, is one of my favourite records of all time. And that record first clicked with me as I walked down Oxford Street and the first snow of the winter began falling so I've always associated it with winter and this record has fallen into that groove alongside its predecessor perfectly this is one of the most delicate records I think I've possibly ever heard and got, and got into I think of it like a snowflake not in that crappy Donald Trump sort of way but in that beautiful, fragile, untouchable way like real snowflakes nice, I, f- I thought that was nice Anyway, in many ways, it's a simple album, sparsely orchestrated, mostly with piano and strings, sometimes subtle horns and synths. It's an album on which space is one of the loudest parts of the listening experience. The quiet passages are almost empty, but are entirely fulfilling. The voice... Oh, I've written it here. The voice of Sophie... The voice of Sophie Michalizianos. Yeah. Uh, delivers thought-provoking lyrics and beautiful imagery but saying so much in the unsaid a haunting vulnerability to her voice betraying wistfulness, sadness, detachment and tragedy Um, which is a, a genuine kind of sad thing that happened to her Which I won't go into. Anyway, in a year of chaos, this album has been a still point for me, something I've returned to again and again, and being a constant part of my year, almost stealthily slipping in under the radar without any pomp, bombast or self-importance, but quietly cementing itself as one of the linchpins of the musical fabric of 2020.
0: Lovely. I haven't checked that album out, and I know you've spoke highly of it on another occasion, so I, um, I will check that album out.
1: I'll tell you what, I'll trade you I'll trade you a corn shop for some salsepi.
0: Okay. We'll do that. Well I might have a couple of albums that you've not heard of, I doubt it. Okay, all right. Right, so my album number three is this one. Oh nice. Bonnie Light Horseman by Bonnie Light Horseman. Released in January of this year. One of the first records that I heard of the year. And one of the men of 2020 providing the goods again. This is Josh Kaufman, who seems to have been everywhere in in 2020. It's fair to say that he certainly enjoys a super group, along with this one. Um, He also released the Muzz album, which Mm -hmm. we did talk about with his Interpol and Walkman chums. And, of course, he pops up on Taylor Swift's album, which we've um, previously just talked about but i really do feel he comes into his own on this folk masterpiece from the beginning of 2020 throw into the mix uh, writing and guitar duties from the fruit bat singer eric d johnson and the absolutely stunningly gorgeous vocals of uh, anais mitchell and you have this beautiful beautiful album the musicians on the album reads like a who's who of some of my favorite artists christian lee hudson justin vernon aaron desner lisa hannigan the staves kate stables from this is the kit to name a few and it just shows at times the finest ingredients do go to make the very tastiest of musical meals
1: <laughs> is that a reference to uh my muz Supergroup comment about making a bolognese might be <laughs> no that record is fantastic i listen Isn't to it? that a lot as well and um yeah thoroughly thought you turned me on to that record actually thoroughly good listen that one um
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's beautiful, isn't it? I I've been I mean funnily enough that really has stood the test of time all the way through the year. There's mm. some of the some of the albums which again I'll go through, some of the albums that haven't made my top 5, were, were albums that came out at the start of the year yeah. and I really enjoyed and then you sort of listen to them to death and and you sort of go off them, don't you? you tend to overlisten to stuff. However, that has just been a constant all through the year. It's a, it's just a great album. It's just a solid solid album.
1: That's what I'm finding with a lot of what's in my Top ten really is, is that it's not it's not new stuff, it's not stuff that's made me go, oh I think maybe this, I'll throw this in last minute. It's stuff that's genuinely well, when I reflect on it, I've just listened to it constantly and enjoyed it and look forward to it and put it yeah. on whenever I can. And it's it, it's that, that's the stuff. There's no sort of <laughs> I don't know, credibility race going on here. Like I'm not gonna slot something in that no. sounds cool. Even though all of this is cool. Yeah. right you ready we've... for my number two that's a sentence i never thought i'd ask you. i am we've got
0: um <laughs>
1: we've got two left we've got two left right Ugh. that's a horrible image right okay so <laughs> what my... a year <laughs> my uh second uh to last um My number two here is This Will Destroy You with their latest album, Vespertine. Now, I'd always thought of This Will Destroy You as a post-rock band, and the the albums I know of theirs have been guitar-led, slow builds into sonic explosions, that kind of thing. But on Vespertine, they've taken the guitar sound and mashed it into a synth-style wash. They've all but removed the drums and floated in a lot more ambient noise, what you're left with is a series of lush soundscapes, all named after rooms in a house, plus the garden uh, and the rooftop. It's a concept album of sorts, I guess, though I haven't worked out what the concept is yet, because there's there are no words. There's no singing, just these beautiful, gentle, melodic washes, some going on for about 15 minutes. And I just love listening to it. I actually listened to it twice last night. It's an hour long. I've listened to it while working, while chilling out, while getting to sleep, while being massaged. My wife is a beauty therapist and has to practice sometimes. Uh, but subsequently, my wife has played it in her salon while massaging others. <laughs> it is a super relaxing, super calming record. And maybe I've needed it a bit this year. And the amount I've enjoyed it, it's undeniably one of my albums of 2020. And I would highly recommend you check that out. Superb. Beautiful Superb. album. Mm, great stuff.
0: Right, my number two. Won't come as a surprise because I've been talking about this album every chance I can. It's another one that came out um, as lockdown um, started. It's an album that was actually moved forward. When a lot of people were putting their albums back, this artist put their album forward, and it is, of course, Dua with Future Nostalgia. So released at the end of March... This was the feel-good disco synth-pop soundtrack to My Lockdown. The album is a collection of 11 electro-bangers featuring stunning musicianships, um, including a performance from Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers on the drum, drums on one song, um, and amazing vocal performances from Dua herself. This album, and in fact the year that she's had and the way that she's really played 2020, have completely cemented her place in the pop at the top of the pop tree for twenty twenty for me. So my album number two is Future Nostalgia, Jewel Lipper.
1: Excellent choice. I love I love that you love that record. I don't oh, know why. It's just like it's one of those records that I think it came out of left field in in the same way certain records do. Yeah. And it's just it's so clearly grabbed you and made you I don't know.
0: 20, well, point twenty where- years
1: ago We'd have discounted that by yeah. being musical snobs and, and snobs totally, you
0: know. yeah, totally. Uh, we, we, um, me and my wife Jane watched a, a streaming concert a couple mm. of a couple of weeks ago, and I, I sort of like, I'm really into this album. Jane enjoys it. I'm really into it, and um, we sort of, you know, we got a bit dressed up. We had a couple of drinks, and we watched the we watched the concert, and it was it was fabulous. It was it was really really good. But about halfway through, I'm like sort of really enjoying it, and Jane just turned to me. She went it's a really strange record for you to like so much. <laughs> and, it's, and it is, it is. But it's, there's something about it. I just love the sort of innocence of the, you know, like sort of it, it, it does hark back to that sort of 80s synth pop disco. Yeah. It's, it's just a great, solid pop record. Can't fault it. Excellent. Right. You ready for my number one? Number one. Here we go.
1: Number one. I feel, I feel like we might be setting ourselves up for a duplicate. I'm not sure. But my number one record, uh, not from our podcasting, uh, is Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. This album totally rocks, even though it only really lets rip once or twice. It's sparse and empty while simultaneously packed out deep and busy. Lyrically, it's delicate and snarky, funny and sad. It's a down-to-earth record which is somehow Otherworldly, this one is going to stay with me a long time. Production wise, at first pass, it seems so simple, but eerie, ghostly noises pop out all over the place from the word go. And through repeat, listens your ears sink into lush production of intricate depth. This isn't just a series of songs that have been packaged together, this is a whole experience, a whole vibe, and every track is an essential part of that. The arrangements are inch-perfect, rhythm and string sections dropping in and out at precisely the right moments. Vocals soar, melodies are playful and beautiful in equal measure. But the lyrics, lyrically, this is album of the year for me. I hate living by the hospital, the sirens go all night. I used to joke that if they woke you up, somebody better be dying from Halloween. One of one of the lyrics of the year. Mm, it's took, took a tour to see the stars, but... They weren't out tonight, so I wished hard on a Chinese satellite. I love that. That's a song called Chinese Satellite about not having faith in anything, which is kind of a... a, I love that concept anyway. And then my lyric of the year is, I hate your mum, I hate you when she opens her mouth. It's amazing to me how much you can say when you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And that's from the song I See You. Every song is packed full of these gems, happy, sad, out of this world, spins on normal things that get me right in the gut. And I think it's genius. I think Phoebe Bridges is a genius. And I'm so happy that this record exists. And I think it's been a massive year for her. Um, Huge year. Really thrilled for us.
0: You know, um, talked before about Josh Kaufman being one of the uh-huh. men of the year. I mean, she's just one of the artists of the year. She has just absolutely smashed this year like
1: did, She did a, a single with Maggie Rogers on Bandcamp. They did a, a version of the Goo Goo Dolls as soon as Donald Brilliant. Trump.
0: Brilliant. Amazing.
1: Fantastic. Iris. I mean, it's such a cheeseball song. I mean, good song, but it is like a really cheesy 90s anthem, innit?
0: it? I've got to admit, I raised my eyebrows when I saw that come up. And yeah, but they I, did I it thought... as a joke oh really yeah well, they did it as it's like, so if, good though
1: if if Donald Trump gets kicked out of office we will cover Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls no way didn't
0: know that. and then
1: they did it and I think it was only on Bandcamp for 24 hours yeah it was yeah and they yeah. took it down again <laughs> just just yeah. a class act and you know production credits to a name just churning out song after song remixes of some of the best songs on that album as well um
0: her, her live performances this year as well have just been amazing she did that one with uh, Arlo Parks oh yes the, uh, the radio really head good. cover Yeah. did you see the one that she did on one of the talk shows in America last week when um, she it was just her in a studio on her own and she sort of turns around to the piano and just says hit it Kevin or something hit it and the piano starts playing itself. You know, one of pianos, the keys go down, and she she just sings. Just just brilliant, absolutely awesome. brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. She's incredible.
1: Kind of been welcomed into the the uh, uh, a lot of new worlds, I think, because of this album, and yeah. well deserved. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okie dokie. Right. So Punisher, Phoebe Bridges was not in my <gasps> top five. Why, you moron. I know. It, uh, listen, <laughs> listen. it's a great album. It's a great album. Can, before, we, um, before we carry on, can I give you my five albums that were close to making the top five but okay. didn't? yeah, yeah. So my um, almost rams, my very, very close ones, um, were On Circles by Caspian, uh-huh. Songs for the General Public by The Lemon Twigs, Making a New World by Field Music, Walking Like We Do by The Big Moon, and color theory by Soccer Mommy, which I so nearly put in. <laughs> I, if I could give a joint fifth, and you know, <laughs> Soccer Mommy, it, Soccer Mommy would be there. Um, That's a good selection. As it was, it's not. And my number one album, <laughs> drum roll, my number one album of 2020. Now, if ever there was an album which feels completely on point for this year, it is the completely breathtaking fourth album from. LP and Killer Mike, collectively known as Run The Jewels. This album was Rush released in June, with Run The Jewels simply putting a post on their Instagram page saying, the world is infested with BS, so here's something raw to listen to while you deal with it. It's brutal beats, it's a A guest list of contributing artists, and the most incredibly witty, aggressive and honest lyrics. The album opener finishes with the lyrics, Yankee and the Brave are here, everybody hit the deck, we don't mean no harm, but we truly mean all the disrespect, and that completely sets you up for what you're in for for the next 39 minutes. Lyrically, it's out of this world, and I think a big part of that has got to go to the track Walking in the Snow, which every time I hear it makes the hairs on my neck stand up. Every time I've listened to this album, it, it, it gets me all the time. It's got a lyric in it, which was um, before... Um, the death of George Floyd in America and the Black Lives Matter movement, but the lyric is, you watch the cops choke out a man like me till my voice goes from a shriek to a whisper, I can't breathe. And it just feels like an album of now. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, it's become the album of the year. It's just so relevant this year. And I just think it's a near perfect album. And my album of the year is... RTJ4 by Run The Jewels Awesome
1: I have had uh, I've had a listen Uh, It hasn't affected me in quite the same way as it's clearly affected you but uh, I think that is making a lot of uh, top lists for the year so I should probably give it an extra extra bit of attention Yeah Yeah Well those were our personal top fives Um, I feel like I owe a debt to country music that I could not repay through the podcast because of The Gatekeeper Christian mm-hmm. Jobson, preventing um, <laughs> any country shenanigans. But I have a top five. Actually, I actually rattled off about 30 country albums well, I was in contention for my top five this year. It's been an amazing year. Some brilliant albums for us, proper country giants, Chris Stapleton, Jason Isbell, Miranda Lambert. Um, some of my favorite country artists who really got me into this, the modern stuff.
0: But Are you building up to a top five country well, I'm doing here. the top
1: five, but I just wanted to rattle off a few others. Um,
0: Be quick about it.
1: All right, okay, sorry. At <laughs> uh, number five, we have uh, Laurie McKenna, uh, whose album The Balladeer was just gorgeous. At number four, we have Courtney Marie Andrews with Old Flowers. Sturgill Simpson, Cutting Grass um, was uh, a fantastic release and really delightful to hear from him. Rustin Kelly's album, Shape and Destroy, at number two. And at number one, The Secret Sisters with Saturn's Return. My top five country albums right there. I'm glad to be able to just, you know, get them in there. Uh, all in contention for my regular top five, but, you know, I don't think that would have passed the censors. Old Mary
0: Whitehouse over there. <laughs> hey, we didn't have any duplicates. We had no duplicates. cash was the closest that we came. That yeah. was good. That I, was good. I, gen- I
1: genuinely thought Phoebe Bridges might make it for you.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was It was close. It's a great album. It oh, is a great... There's album. been so many good albums. Anyway, let's, shall we, um, charge our glasses and we've got presents. Because it's it. Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Let's just pour a little bit of port. <laughs>
1: Could you get that? Any? You got some on your microphone?
0: Um.
1: You didn't really, don't worry. Right then So present time
0: Right then uh,
1: How are we doing this Are we just ripping in Free for all
0: Yeah Otherwise it's going to Take ages isn't it Alright then Get stuck in pal Get stuck in So We have Presents for each other Which we are just Unwrapping now Ah, Very 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 exciting Oh (laughs) Oh nice Right.
1: What is this? A sticker. A grime sticker. Yay. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, and a Beth
0: sticker. (laughs) Gone sticker crazy.
1: Where am I going to stick them? Oh, don't answer that. (laughs) And a team picture tote bag. Hey, you can (laughs) put your stickers on that. (laughs) Oh, and by no means least... (laughs) <laughs> a Creeper snow globe.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Fantastic. And beautifully wrapped, Christopher, I, I oh, might good. add. Thank you ever so much. That's it, lovely. That's quite the haul. A um,
0: little, bit, little bit touch and go with the old um, Royal Mail. We're having a nightmare in the UK, aren't we, with the Royal Mail?
1: Oh, we are. But bless them, they got a lot to do this year.
0: Oh, amazing. So Andy <laughs> got me a... Uh, A Brixton Windmill Roof Dog t-shirt. That is phenomenal. Thank you so much. That is so good. And, um, oh, you have got me my missing can of uh, Vocation as well. There's a a brewery called the Vocation Brewery in Hebden Bridge, which um, Andy lives very close to, and I put a beer order in for Christmas, and I was really looking forward to this stout, and uh, my order came, and it was missing. And Andy's very kindly... I say very candidly did you nick it from in the first place? <laughs> yeah, I did it especially
1: so that I could um you know surprise you with it later. They were very good <laughs> about it actually.
0: It's an Imperial Black Forest Cherry Stout. Oh, that'll be lovely. That'll be lovely.
1: Well, you know, do do you want to drink it now or do you want to <laughs> drink it
0: later or what would you want? I'm do? quite enjoying the port.
1: Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. Although I'll
0: time. I'll report back. I'll re- report back tomorrow. Um fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for the prezzies.
1: Well, thank you very much, mate. You're very generous, and I'm 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 overwhelmed. Um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, to Tim at the uh, Windmill in Brixton, who I had a bit of back and forth with, who um who said he'd actually listened to one of our podcast episodes, uh, the Sophie Hunger one, um, because she'd she'd um
0: not Tim Perry, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent, Tim Perry. So Tim Perry. Um, oh, well, thanks for listening, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Tim. Tim used to be quite a fan of the band that I was in, Philo Radio, that he used to play the drums in. and yeah, no um, I think, In fact, I think he was instrumental in getting us on at the Truck Festival one year. Oh, was he? Is, um, yeah, yeah. Not very... Good guy is Tim. Oh, so Tim sorted my T-shirt out, as Yeah, it? he sorted your T-shirt out. Oh, we cheers, had a little Tim. bit of
1: an email back and forth and it was ever so lovely and I said we'd be opening them... On the Christmas episode, so you know, oh, let's raise a glass to Tim Perry at Brixton Windmill. Let's raise oh, a glass yeah. to the Brixton Windmill. All independent venues and all that. And all you know,
0: absolutely, all that. absolutely. Thank chin you chin. for doing what you're doing this yeah, year.
1: Yeah, can't wait to get back to watching live music. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a whole whole wonderful scene once we all. It
0: really back. is. Hey, I tell you what. One thing I have when I was um, looking what presents to get you, I was really wanting to go down the whole band merch. Um, Line and I was looking at all the different bands and all the different band merch that they do. The bands that we featured, ah, oh, some of that, some of the bands <laughs> are just thinking outside the box with their with their um, socks. Feel like they are the go to item for Christmas oh, twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Beths being the pick of the bunch, their socks are race oh, The on. bad the bad boy chiller crew are up there. They've got hoodies, they've got trackies, they've <laughs> so got so Rizzlers. You can get Rizzlers. rislers. Oh. You get bad boy chiller crew no, Rizzlers. That,
1: that doesn't surprise me at all.
0: I would have got this if. Um, the postage wasn't about 30 quid from America, <laughs> Spanish love songs have their own coffee called Routine Pain.
1: No way. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. quite good,
0: actually. It's very good, isn't it? Um, mm. And the other one that I really liked was uh, Pabst um, have got their own line of swim shorts. <laughs> 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 so absolutely Merch on point this year, yeah. been fantastic. Been really, oh, really that's good.
1: really cool! Yeah, I think I feel like that's a theme that we should continue for Christmas and birthdays for years to come. Actually, the bands totally. we listen to, let's uh, let's get outside the box and uh, and all that. Um, totally. Phoebe Bridges has got a great Christmas style Punisher jumper I saw on Instagram recently, and that was um, yeah, that looked amazing. But uh, you know, it's too late. It's too late. And plus, you only wear Christmas jumpers like once or twice. <laughs>
0: Right then. Moving on to our top five albums that we have featured Mm. on our 26 Adventures in New Music episodes.
1: Yeah, I feel like you should get to go first this time, Christopher.
0: Okay, I'll go first. Now, are you doing the same thing with the top five? Yeah, yeah, you. (laughs) Top five. Well, I am now. (laughs) (laughs) I am now. Okay. Right. So. My fifth, I'm really looking forward to hearing these, by the way. And <laughs> Dude, I've got to say, I've got to say, I had started off with a pool of about 20 albums. <laughs> not it? Which I whittled down to 12, <sighs> which I whittled down to 10, which I've now got to the five, but I've also got my, I've got another five yeah, of, the, of, the, of the close ones. Um, so, hang, on, album, hang on, I'm just
1: going to drizzle some port in. It's going to be quite loud because I'm reaching over the mic stand.
0: Oh, I've missed it.
1: No, I've got it. Album.
0: So, my album in fifth place for the Adventures in New Music album countdown is Pure Luxury by Nazca Lines. Nice. So, released in July and featured in episode 14 of Adventures in New Music, Nazca Lines is the synth pop project of Michael Lovett. Lovett has written and produced this banger of a disco anthemic pop masterpiece, (laughs) as well as being the part-time member of Metronomy's live band and playing on Christine McQueen's debut album, Busy Lad. Michael Lovett has also been absolutely smashing the home gigs and the Instagram house parties over lockdown, which have been an absolute joy to watch. Think Barry White, think Harmar Superstar, think Prince. It's synth pop, it's disco. Listen to this album on headphones. You must listen to this album on (laughs) headphones to appreciate the mixing, musicianship, the counter-rhythms, the melodies... Album opener and title track, Pure Luxury is a great place to start and an absolute showcase for the album. So my album in fifth place, Pure Luxury, Nazca Lines.
1: Marvellous. And that is a superb album. And he's a, he seems like such a great guy as well on Instagram. Oh, really? funny good. as.
0: Yes. Really good. Yeah, really, really good. Um, funnily enough, I had a quick listen back to episode 14 where we discussed this album and i really laughed out loud because i completely forgotten that you'd said when you first listened to the album you thought it was the ghostbusters thing <laughs> <she's starting up. laughs>
1: it, it does though i stand by that stand in by the nicest possible way oh yeah well, who didn't like ghostbusters you yeah, show me that person i'll show you a bad egg mate <laughs> right then excellent choice coming in at number five for me then we have christian lee hudson with beginners Now, I was already in love with this album when you actually brought up the idea that Christian Lee Hudson was like a lyrical Ernest Hemingway, managing to say a lot with a sort of lyrical economy. And that's a pretty fascinating filter through which to listen to what is already a great album. From the off, the guitar work is outstanding. It is delicate, often multi-tracked, intricate picking style guitar that is simultaneously rhythmic and full of hooky lead lines. It's accompanied at times by drum tracks and bass tracks and frequently ushers in suitably delicate and complimentary string sections. There's an otherworldly charm to the sound of this record. Hudson's voice is always wistful, sometimes invoking a tone uh, that seems to say a lot more than the lyrics he's actually singing, sometimes adding depth to his words, sometimes making you wonder if he means what he's saying as if he's sort of rolling his eyes as he says it. And it's no surprise to learn that the record, with its sound and feel, depth, and almost world weary observations, was produced by Phoebe Bridges, whose own record, Punisher, serves as a, a pretty perfect companion piece to this. I think, and like Bridges and companion on the anti label roster, Tom Waits. I had to get that in there because you know, no, I like Tom Waits. Uh, Hudson is an absolute uh, master of lyrics. Uh, which is something that drew me back to this record again and again. The stories, the characters, the settings, they're all painted so vividly with almost ordinary and almost obvious turns of phrase sometimes that you feel it might almost be simple to write songs this good, but it's actually almost impossible. And hence, this is, for me, one of the finest albums of 2020.
0: God great yeah. great that was uh christian lee hudson has not made my top five hasn't he Ooh. but he is in my uh,
1: secondary five f- yes
0: yeah, well we call five. that the
1: top 10 i suppose
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 a stunning album and i've got to be honest that i said i sort of started off with 20 albums i whittled it down to 12 of those 12 albums i would have been happy if any of them made the yeah top. in fact to be honest they could pretty much all be album of the year it's been such a great year I mean we'll sort of touch more on that towards the end but um, yeah absolutely fantastic okay my fourth album Adventures in New Music album of the year featured in episode 10 my album number 4 is this Welcome to Bobby's Motel (laughs) by Pottery so this released in June is the debut album from the Canadian 5 piece originally scheduled for a much earlier release this album was put back a number of times due to the coronavirus Texas Drums, the opening track from the, uh, from the album, the opening single, had already had heavy rotation on the on the radio from February onwards. The album was finally released on Partisan Records, which is home to Idol, Cigarettes After Sex, Fontaine's DC, um, and it just races from song to song, from section to section. It takes your breath away from the get-go and throughout the complete album. This is for fans of bands such as Parquet Courts, White Denim, and even The Coral. My advice would be: book into Bobby's motel, put your glab rags on, grab a drink, and head to the dance floor. This is spacey, funky, psychedelic. It's a huge drum record, and it's the sound of a band who are having a whole lot of fun.
1: That's a great record. Good choice, that. Yeah, it's not made my top five. It's not. A, it's not a duplicate. It's not. A, it feels like that's a quiz show. What is that? Yeah,
0: not a du with, Not a duplicate with Andy and Chris. <laughs> it's like up, upstairs, downstairs. It's like Noel's house party. <laughs> Telly addicts.
1: (laughs) So, my number four record is Backwash with God Has Nothing To Do With This, Leave Him Out of It. Initially, one of the most disturbing records of the year, Repeat Listens revealed this one to be perhaps one of the most heartfelt, emotionally complex, and passionately delivered albums I've ever heard. Described simultaneously as hip hop, horrorcore, metal, and a forgiveness record. God has nothing to do with this leave him out of it is the sound of Ashanti Mutinta quite literally exercising her demons. Opening with the harrowing sounds of Ozzy Osbourne's cries for God to help him from Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath and including samples of tribal chanting, Led zeppelin and fire and brimstone preachers. This record beats you round the head with darkness for the duration of its all too brief 23 minutes. Backwash spits her lyrics like they've just occurred to her in the middle of a furious rant against the backdrop of deep, rich, somehow spacious and always creepy production filled with whispers, howls, unsettling melodies and crackling beats. But among that, the lyrics really pack a punch as she outlines the wrongs done to her, the losses she's suffered and her attempts at reconciliation with the family who struggled to accept her as a trans woman. A truly compelling record, and one that will stay with me for years to come,
0: if not forever. Mm. Great record. It's a great I love record. it.
1: record. I think it's a fantastic record, that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a great record. Um, Moving on to my number three. Go on in. So, number three on my Adventures in New Music top five countdown is Free IH, This Is Not The One You've Been Waiting For, by Illuminati Hotties. Featured in episode 19 of Adventures in New Music, and tourmates of the Beths, which is how I heard of this album, the Illuminati Hotties are Sarah Tudson, a songwriter and recording engineer from L.A., This album was released following a bust-up between the artist and record label Tiny Engines. At the beginning of July 2020, Illuminati Hotties announced that they will be releasing a mixtape, which became this album. Free IH, this is not the one you've been waiting for. And it was released just a couple of weeks after they announced that the record would be coming out. Now, in an interview with Stereo Gum on the 10th of July, Tudzin made it clear... This album was connected to an exit agreement that allowed her to buy out her Tiny Engines contract with a cash settlement and payment of royalties on a future project. So strange beginnings to this album. But this album is fast, furious and filthy. Just 24 minutes long and hits you like a smack in the face from a wayward football on a primary school playground. (laughs) This is pop rock, punk, odd time. It's an absolutely special little album.
1: Great rundown, great record. Uh, I feel like I want to come back to your uh <laughs> comparison, Reference, yeah, with being hit in the face by a football in a project, which is
0: exactly court. what's happened to me this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mildly concussed, listeners. I am mildly concussed.
1: Oh, god, when you text me that that happened, I was oh man, I felt so bad for you, but I was laughing because I don't know it's. I think I was probably one of the school kids last time that happened, I, you know. But being a teacher, I guess it's it's uh, you put yourself in harm's way with that sort of business. I'm sorry it to was, hear it, mate. Sorry to hear it. Sorry it I laughed.
0: Yeah. It was horrible. But Give it. me a third choice. Third choice.
1: Well, segues quite nicely into Jump Rope Gazers by The Beths. Lovely. The Beths start in, like, a lot of things you've heard before. But by the end of Jump Rope Gazers, you realise they're their own animal and you put the record on again. It could have gone so wrong, for jazz students turning to pop bunk for kicks. They could have patronised the genre, replaced fun with technical ability, tried to be too clever or just have been no good at it. Instead, Jump Rope Gazers is a collection of perfectly written, arranged and delivered songs, ranging from bouncing rockers to thought-prompting introspection. God, the port is really taking its toll. It's quite hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's thick. <laughs> the musicianship is somehow razor-sharp and breezy. Every instrument played to its fullest or sparingly is required without a hint of anything lacking. The backing vocals are Beach Boys tight and the collective whole is like a box of tricks, packed full of melodic and rhythmic surprises that get employed throughout the record, making it an album of incredibly rewarding highs, well worth the many repeat listens it's had. Furthermore lead singer Liz Stokes's vocal delivery is perfection part bangles, part Casey Musgraves part, I don't know who it is I haven't figured it out yet, she sounds like someone I've been trying to figure this out for about six months Um, it's a beautiful voice, silky, sometimes sardonic always effortless and a joy to listen to, she delivers genuinely interesting lyrics and fantastic turns of phrase across the whole album the Beths take a load of influences and make them their own on a record that sounds like summer all year round.
0: Nice, stunning album. Love Absolutely it. stunning album. Absolutely love that one. Um, again, hasn't made my top five at the moment. Oh. <laughs> it, I mean, a couple of days ago it was in there. It was in, <laughs> and it was, it was, it's kind of one or the other with the Illuminati hotties or the Beths for me. Oh, really?
1: Interesting, mm. interesting trade off. I, I don't pair them alongside each other. I know they were touring uh, mates, but it's. Um, yeah. And they're very different propositions, those two. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right, hit me with your number two.
0: Right, number two. Okay. My number two record of 2020 as featured on Adventures in New Music. My number two record has 24 songs. It's 42 minutes. (laughs) It's hit to hit by second grade, featured in episode 11 of Adventures in New Music. Second Grade are a power pop, surf rock outfit from Philadelphia and are fronted by multi-instrumentalist Peter Gill. Think the Beach Boys, think Weezer, think Big Star, and you won't be too far off. This is a brilliant album. It's a fun listen from start to finish. It's got a huge lo-fi, surf pop, summer album production sound to it. It's got nods to the likes of the Beach Boys, as mentioned before, with the harmonies. It gets better with every listen, and it leaves you with a big smile on your face every time you hear the album. It's perfectly well-formed and structured. The album packs a punch with huge hooks, huge riffs throughout the album. My favourite track, Velodrome, also happens to be my favourite video of the year. It's well worth checking out. I think when we reviewed this back in episode 11... Andy described it as a school holiday album, and I just think that sums it up perfectly. So my second favourite album of the year is Hit to Hit by Second Grade.
1: Excellent, excellent album. I love it. Funny. Interesting, isn't it? This is very, very, very interesting. Right, so down to the final two for me. And at number two, I've got Clopelgag with Notre Dame de Septuilers. This is a labyrinthine adventure of an album, a record to get absolutely lost in. The tracks take you down paths that twist and turn through these gloriously bright passages, but drop you off the edge of a musical cliff or leave you languishing in an oubliette. Like that is lovely. Bit of friends. You're happy with that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm pleased. yeah. Um, it's a Weep. fascinating. <laughs> oh, Mr. Trick there. It's a fascinating, rocking, introspective, powerful, unsettling and absolutely fascinating record. The depth of production makes this album sound absolutely epic from start to finish. Even at its quietest moments, it's massive. The tightest, most perfectly tracked vocal harmonies are like a golden thread through the album, giving way only occasionally to single track vocals, which serve to highlight the sheer purity of Chloe Pelgag's voice and delivery. Horn sections, string sections to die for, piano passages, synth freakouts, haunting melodies, shrieks and a selection of tracks that fear from beauty to horror, sometimes within the same track. It's an album of massive variety but which retains a cohesive direction and artistic vision which is an absolute testament to Chloe Pelgag's artistry and her skill in being able to deliver on that. An album I'll be listening to for years to come, I
0: absolutely adore it. I agree. Incredible album. Mm. Incredible album. Okay. Yeah.
1: And she's awesome as well. Have you seen her Instagram? She's,
0: yeah, fascinating. really, fascinating. really incredible. Proper Such, such a creative. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, r- I won't run you through my also runs just yet in case mm-hmm. I pu- pull out one of the ones that you've picked, mm-hmm. although I don't think I'm going to. I uh, yeah, I don't think you will. I think <laughs> shall I Shall I run you through my also no, runs? No, no, no. Let's oh, okay. not. Let's oh, save I'll, it. Let's, let's save it. Let's save it at the end. Yeah, at the end. Okay. But I will say Chloe Pel- Pelgag was in my nearly list. Ooh. Was in my Neely list. Okay, so here it is. This is Chris's Adventures in New Music album of the year, and it is God Has Nothing to Do with This, Leave Him Out of It by Backwash, as previously discussed. Not a huge amount more to add to this, as um, you so eloquently talked about it earlier on in your top five, um, but horrorcore, industrial hip hop, whatever you want to call it, this is one of the most fascinating melting pots of an album. When we reviewed this um, in episode 24, I said this is as close to perfect of a record that I've heard in a long time, and I stand by that. I think this album is phenomenal. And that is my album of the year. Wow. Uh, you know what? It's
1: I agree. It's an absolutely incredible piece of work, and it is going to stay with me forever, I think. Yeah. it's uh, It covers a hell of a lot of ground, and it's, uh, it's brutal and beautiful, and... There's so much to hear and so much to take from it. I'm really glad uh, that we found that one.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. That is great.
1: All right, <clears throat> you ready, pal?
0: Yeah. I can't number think one what
1: it is you can't think, in you? Well, at number one we have Spanish love songs. Hey. <laughs> might have to edit that out. <laughs> at number one, uh, probably. You know, I don't think I'm sticking my neck out to say. Predictably, we have Grimes with Misanthropocene. This is an album of such dark beauty, and like Clo Pelgab, such singular artistic vision that it blows my mind every time I listen to it, and that's not an exaggeration. Grimes herself has talked about it as a concept album, where each track is a song to the modern pantheon of gods: the god of video games, the god of political apathy the God of Suicide and the God of Climate Change to name a few. It's also an album about death in a lot of ways so it doesn't make for easy listening but it is in many ways a pop record littered with hooks, beats energy and soul. Over the course of 2020 I have listened to this album so many times I look forward to the odd squalls of synth as so heavy uh, I Fell Through the Earthbed's in the wavering pounding bass of Dark side the banjo at the end of at the end of the forever the bollywood sample in 4am the filthy bass sound of my name is dark the absolutely unique vocal delivery all the in- incidental sounds that emerge from a rich and cared for production in the same way as the guitar in smells like teen spirit still gets my heart racing or cedric vixler's voice cracking on cosmonaut does or the way jimmy chamberlain's blistering lead into geek usa does This for me is not just my album of the year, this is one of the best albums of my life and its appeal has not waned remotely since I first got hooked back whenever. This is a classic album and one that I will listen to forever and at the not very tender age of 38 I want to extend some kind of gratitude to Grimes herself not just for this album but for actually getting me excited about music in a way that I didn't think was possible anymore
0: wow yeah high praise indeed
1: i mean that you know you know the way you listen to like smells like teen spirit or something like that and you hear the kind of yeah the kind of the jinx on the guitar where it's like i don't know the way it's played you sort of hear that as well as the chords all those little incidental sounds from those records I, i listen out for them on the grimes record i love it so much and i hate to be that predictable Because I remember when we started talking about this, you were like, "Is your top five going to be Grimes, 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 and (laughs) Clopelle gag?" I was like, "I was like, no, shut up." And then I then I just was like, "Why fight it?
0: (laughs) It just is." It's great though when you find an album that just you connect with like that. It's just it's amazing and it's amazing. But what an unbelievable year for music. I mean, we have not. Even scratch the surface in doing this podcast, we have featured um, how many fifty-two albums. Yes. We have li- we've listened to fifty-two new albums. Now, when we were compiling this, I went through it and I was making shortlist upon shortlist, at, you know, and and trying to knock down the bands, uh, you know, trying to knock down the albums, whittle them down. Seriously, I went through and just out of interest, I counted the albums that I haven't listened to again since we've done the podcast. Out of fifty-two albums there are six albums that I haven't listened to again.
1: Blimey, let's have your bottom six.
0: I'm, I'm, I can't do that. <laughs> can't do that, man. Can't do, off, when we stop recording, I'll tell you. When we stop recording, I'll tell you. But um, doesn't that just say something? I mean, what an incredible year. What an incredible year. Let me run you through some of the bands that yeah, were so, so close because I can't stress enough, even up until last night, that it was a different top five. So, you've sort of caught my top five for tonight. You know, it could, <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, know it, could, it could change. Yeah. So, the ones that you've already talked about Beginners, Christian Lee Hudson, Jump Rope Gazers by The Beths, Chloe Gag. you know, they all could quite easily have been in my top five. On top of that, um, Lost in the Mountains by Trace Mountains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant album. St. Cloud by Waxahachie. What oh. a phenomenal piece of work. Yeah, yeah, I thought that would be in there, to be honest. The Archer, Alexandra Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantasize Your Ghost, Omi. Yes. Very, very close oh, off. Very, very yeah. close off getting in. Um, Hallucination by uh, Sophie Hunger. Y- you know, what? just a, 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 an amazing year, an absolutely amazing year. 2021 is going to have to go some in it to beat this.
1: This is the thing, right? I feel like if you pay attention to what's going on, there are good people, great artists doing great things at all times. Mm. You have to pay attention and and i feel like this podcast and doing this with you is is the first time i've really done that you know you can you can claim to be a, a new music fan but you you know you can you can kind of just keep an eye on what's coming out and give everything a cursory listen but this year i've really dug deep on some of these albums and something yeah. that probably didn't grab me instantly i've i've had another go at and again and again and again and something like clo God, that's tough, man. I could have probably gone, wow, that was an interesting experience. I won't do that again. But because we were going to talk about it on a podcast, I was like, right, well, I'll give it five listens. I'll give it 10.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll give it 20, 30, 40 because... I'm loving this, um,
0: and sometimes those albums they really reward you for that. That Chloe Pelkag is an obvious one. Sophie mm-hmm. Hunger again, the same mm-hmm. thing. Seb DeLisa could quite easily be oh, up there as well. You know, uh, a, it's a brilliant album. Again, it's it, it's that's that's the thing. It's it's funny how it works with albums that you know you, you do listen to them and, and you get the rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it works the opposite way. Sometimes <laughs> you know you, you listen to an album once, you think that's great, and it's only when you start digging a bit deeper and. You know, listening to it carefully and making notes, you start thinking actually, it's not all that. No, um, I absolutely agree with that. You can really go off things, can't you? Yeah.
1: But uh, do you want to hear my uh, backup? No, yes, that please. Sounds bad. My my secondary top five. Yeah. The 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 six to ten, if you like. Um, we have Envy. Ah, uh, yeah. Fake Ear. Lowrider, mm. Gordy and Sevdaliza. Those those are my uh, my next five in my
0: in my top ten again I would not have been unhappy with any of those you know what I mean I I just think they were fantastic
1: I mean Envy it was a a toss up between Envy and Christian E Hudson which is a very very strange toss up because they are very different records that
0: would be a gig wouldn't it
1: (laughs) (laughs) pretty much played that gig as as one party or the other it's uncomfortable but it's yeah uh, yeah, I I just I love all of those records and I still listen to them regularly and um. I'm so glad to have found them, you know, to have got out there and, and picked them up and um, uncovered them and got into, into them. Uh, yeah, it's just been,
0: it's been the best time. It's been great. So that draws a line under 2020. Doesn't it just? Um, apart from all it, uh, all it really needs now is for us to say uh, and to wish you all a fantastic Christmas and New Year. And we will look forward to spending more time with you next year. Adventures Mm. in New Music will return in February. Please keep an eye on Instagram um, and Facebook and, of course, the website, adventuresinnewmusic.com. And we will be back with season two. Season 2 I like that we're calling this Season 2
1: yeah I don't think there's anything to add is there you know apart from the usual like subscribe stuff and follow us messages and just keep in touch this has been so much fun thank you to everyone who's got in touch over the year oh it's been great it's been great the friends we've made and and, uh, the people who've just offered opinions and had a laugh with on Instagram or on email the artists who've got in touch thank you so much keep doing what you do to the venues we've been in touch with and the bands we can't wait to see in your beautiful venues Ah, Roll on 2021. It'll be a different affair altogether, and I can't wait. Absolutely. All right, then. Happy Christmas, Andy. Happy Christmas, Chris. Thank you
0: for all the presents. Absolutely delightful. You're welcome. You take care, and I'll see you, yep. check, in, check back in with you in 2021.
1: Yeah, lovely. Do you want to say thank you as well, or not bothered?
0: Thank you. For the presents, no? Oh, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, th- thank you for the presents. Yeah. That's thank all you right, for the presents. God. Yeah, blimey, this pot's strong.
1: Right then. (laughs) On that sour note... uh...
0: (laughs) See you later. Happy Christmas, Christmas. one and all.
1: (laughs) Bye.